You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. Have you ever had one of those moments? One of those moments where you started to wonder, is this it? I mean, is this all that life has to offer? I mean, there's got to be more than life than this. There's got to be more that I'm not experiencing. There has to be, there has to be more. I think I've had several of those moments throughout my life, but maybe the most significant one was a little over 20 years ago when I was sitting in a jail cell and I'd just gotten my second DUI and I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to life than this. God, I know that you created me for more. And he did. Have you ever been there? Heck, maybe some of you are there today. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be in this series called Made for More, where we're going to look at three specific areas of our life. We're going to talk about purpose today. Next week, we're going to talk about identity, and then we're going to conclude by talking about passion. And we believe a deeper dive into these three particular areas of our life will unveil the more that God created us for. And it might not just be more. Stay with me. It might be immeasurably more. It might be immeasurably more than what we could ever think or imagine. And that's exactly what I'm going to pray for right now. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for today. God, thank you for this time together that we have together. God, I pray that regardless of what our minds may perceive up until this point in our lives, when it comes to this idea of being made for more, maybe even this idea of being made for immeasurably more than what we could ever think or imagine, I pray that throughout this series, you remind us that it is available, that it is something that you are offering, but there's a process in front of us. There's a process that needs to take place because this is not going to be something that we're just going to arrive at. And so God, would you partner with us? God, would you move powerfully in and through this room and in and through the people that are in it? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let me start with a question, a question that goes like this. If there was a better version of you, would you be interested now, to be clear, this is not like a self-help sermon, okay? This is not Tony Robbins' Six Steps to a Better Life, okay? This is not what that is. But if there were a better version of you, would you be interested? Because I do believe that when we hone in on the purposes that God created us for, it creates our better version of us. In other words, it highlights the best version of who God created us to be. Now, I probably should pause there and tell you that one of the reasons why we chose to do this series now, especially talking about the subject of purpose, is because 2020 left a mark. Like, we just have to realize that. We have to acknowledge that, that 2020 left a mark. I don't think that many of us could say that we were the best version of ourselves in 2020. And if you were, if like you were the anomaly, like, man, that is incredible for you. But I think that most of us, again, most of us are like the rest of us. I think most of us would say that 2020 did not produce the best version of us. I mean, in the beginning of it all, it was kind of sweet, right? In the beginning of the pandemic, we were like staying home more and doing crafts with our kids and we were taking walks with our spouse. But then about nine to 12 months later, we're like telling our spouse to take a walk. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, we're calling up to schools. And it's like, listen, you don't have to teach. Oh, sorry. You don't have to teach them anything. Just open the doors, recess all day. We're good with that. Like, just get them out of here. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think that 2020 likely produced the best version of us. Maybe it, 
Maybe it got you off your rhythms a little bit. Maybe it got you off your game a little bit. Maybe we started some bad habits if we, we were to be honest. And maybe we would just say, man, while we were trying to deal with the problems in front of us, the problems that were facing us that were changing sometimes daily, we likely lost sight of some of our priorities. And maybe we would take that a step further. We maybe lost sight of some purpose. And so before we take a deeper dive into the subject of purpose, I think we just need to realize that. We need to understand that 2020 left a mark. And I think we have one of two ways that we can really look at it. I think we could look at it as a loss, or I think we could look at it as a lesson. And if we choose the latter, listen to me, I really do believe that God can take what we just went through together to both refine and even redefine our purpose. And maybe God's already doing this with you, right? Maybe this is something that's fresh on your mind. Maybe God's already been urging you to, hey, you need to step away from that substance that you've been probably looking to too much to, to bring you, you know, some relaxation. And instead of going to that substance over and over, maybe invite my Holy Spirit to do what only I can do to transform you from the inside out. Maybe God has already been showing you that you just, like, you just went through a season of deep isolation. And as you experience that, as we experienced isolation, probably in a way that we never have, we were reminded that we weren't created for this. Like God created us for community, specifically Christian community. God created us to know others and to be known by others. And just a tangent really quick, I need to let you know that after this series, we're doing a, a new series called Relationship Goals, where we're going to be talking about marriages, and we're going to talk about dating relationships and sex, and we're going to be talking about biblical community and getting our group started once again and kind of getting this thing going once again. And so you do not want to miss that series. I just want to give you a heads up on it. Maybe he's been showing some of you that you have a bigger part to play in your family, like bigger than you thought it was, because you've kind of been on the sidelines and you need to step into the game. And I want to be clear, I'm not just talking about moms and dads here. I'm talking about teenagers. And so if you're a teenager in this room or listening or watching online, listen, stop putting yourself on the sidelines. You've got a bigger part to play in your family. Maybe he's been challenging you on the fact that you're, you have drifted a little bit away from your faith. Like if you're just honest with yourself, it's like, man, I've drifted away from Jesus. I've drifted away from what I know God wants for me. I've drifted away from purpose. But this morning, I believe the Spirit of God also wants you to see that you're only one decision. Listen to me. You are only one decision away from stepping in his direction once again. You are only one decision away from stepping into deeper purpose. One decision away from stepping towards the, the more that God created you for. But we will never arrive there. Listen to me. We will never arrive at deeper, more meaningful purpose passively. It will be one decision at a time. And it will always be our decisions. Listen, our decisions will be the very thing that produce the depth of our purpose. Can I say it again? Our decisions will be what produce the depth of our purpose. In other words, God's just not going to produce this for you, right? This is how we often approach many different things in our lives where it's like we want the end result, don't we? I mean, we want the product that's at the end. We just don't want to commit to the process, it reminds me when I used to be a healthcare worker. Um, well, actually, I was a health professional, and I did personal training and things like that. And I remember I would have people come in, and you know, guys in their forties who would say, 
Uh, Aaron, man, I, I just learned about this thing called seven-minute abs. Anybody remember seven-minute abs, the big phenomenon? Seven-minute abs. And it's like, hey, do you think this is going to work? And I try not to laugh at him. I'm like, so how old are you? Okay, you're 43, and you think seven minutes is going to get rid of that beer belly that you've taken 25 years to put in place yet. It doesn't work that way. But if you think that, i got a car I'd like to sell you as well, right? I mean, we want the product. All of us want the end result. But so many of us aren't willing to commit to the process. And listen to me. When it comes to deeper, more meaningful purpose, when it comes to the more that I believe that God created you for, I can assure you, it's a process. And to help to illustrate that today, we put together this graphic for you. And in this graphic at the bottom, you see this idea of following and then faithful and then find. And Again, this is what I was just speaking to you about. I mean, all of us want to land here. All of us want to land to this moment, what some people would call the sweet spot of purpose, where it's like, man, I found what God put me on this earth to do. I mean, you're walking in purpose. You feel it. You feel the Holy Spirit guiding your steps. And you're just, man, you just feel that you are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. But you don't, you won't just land there. It begins with following. And you see, there's something that happens when you commit to this process because there's a lot of things that will happen in the process that allow you to land at this moment where you find deeper, more meaningful purpose, but it's in the consistent following of Jesus and it's in the faithful acts of obedience and who God has called us to be that we start to learn things and we're refined and sometimes redefined and we make mistakes and God takes them and he reshapes them into growth and we learn uh, aged wisdom and experienced wisdom that helps us build to this greater understanding of deeper, more meaningful purpose. But we have to start here. And some of the things I may share with you today, they may be kind of the elementary aspects of our faith, but oftentimes, again, in the position, in the seat that I sit in, I can tell you that more often than not, it's the reason we're not landing here is just because we're not consistent here. And maybe the best way that I could describe this bottom layer, this first step that we take in the process of purpose is what Jesus says in Luke 9, 23. He says, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Another version of the Bible says, deny yourself. You must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? But are yourself lost or destroyed? And honestly speaking, like we want you to come back to this foundational truth of purpose every single week when you're here at Trace. And if you're new here, you won't know this. Some of you already know this. But every week we do communion here at Trace, and we invite you to go to these four tables around the room. And if you look at those tables now, you'll notice that those crosses are on their side. And that's very intentional. Because the only way that you can deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus is if you first lay the cross on its side. That's how you pick up a cross. And so when you go back to these tables each and every week, I pray that it reminds you of the foundational purpose that God has called us to. That that's where it starts, with denying ourselves picking up our own cross and make our own sacrifices, whatever Jesus is calling us to sacrifice for the sake of the greater good of God's kingdom. And so if you haven't taken the time, I pray that you do that from this point forward. When you go and take communion every week, I want you to look at that cross. Maybe just spend some time with God. God, am, am I picking up my own cross right now? Or where are you calling me to pick up my cross right now? And that's where our greatest purpose starts. 
You see, it's here where we learn the unforced rhythms of God's grace. It's here where we begin to become students of his word. In other words, we learn his ways. And if you're new here to Trace, this is something we talk about when we talk about studying your Bible, which we want you to be in your Bible every single day. There's something we do around here called D1. If you don't know what that is, come to Next Steps after we're done today. I'd love to explain it to you. But we get in God's word so that we can get to know God, but not for the sake of just learning more. That was never the intent. We get to know God so that we can show God to a lost and broken world. And I say this candidly to people all the time. I don't care how much you know about God if you're not showing him to a lost and broken world. I don't care how many verses that you can memorize or have memorized if you're not showing his grace and his truth to a lost and broken world. It's here. It's here where we learn what it looks like. It's here where we learn to listen to the voice of God through his word. And I'll be really transparent with you right now. I'm watching way too many Christians that are becoming indoctrinated in culture. And a lot of that indoctrination is pulling them into things that they've kind of arrived at as truth, even though God's word would never back it up. And we, like, it's a slippery slope where we fall into that. And the only way that you can make sure that you're not following into the indoctrination of culture is to make sure that you're listening to the word of God and being in it every day, not for the sake of just getting to know more, but you get to know God so that you can show God. And I think you'd be surprised how many, how many things that we have culminated in our minds to be true that can't be backed up by the word of God. Let me give you an example. Here recently, my family has decided to watch Little House on the Prairie. We went and got all the, the old seasons on Blu-ray discs. Who grew up with Little House on the Prairie? I grew up with it, but I never watched it. I was a heathen. I watched MTV instead. And so we decided we're going to watch it with our family. And I mean, incredible family values, innocent enough. But we were watching it the other day. And if you're familiar with Little House, you know that they have this church in the middle of town, a little sweet little church, and you know this preacher, and they showed them you know, during service sometimes. And so it was one of those episodes where they were showing the preacher preach some stuff, and he said something, and immediately my two older kids look back at me, and they're like, Dad, is that true? And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, that's horrible theology. Don't listen to the little house preacher anymore, because I don't know what he's going to say. But see, it just happens. It just, it just slowly happens, and we become indoctrinated with more and more information that the word of God would never support. And so we have to be careful that we start with that foundation. And you also need to be reminded this morning, I promise you all of this is incredibly important. You need to be reminded this morning that there is an enemy that never stops trying to persuade you away from God's purpose. Can I say it again? There is an enemy that is working overtime to persuade you away from God's purpose. And when Paul describes the enemy in, in his letter to the Corinth church, he says that don't forget the enemy that Satan like he, he wants to present himself as an angel of light. In other words, what he's putting in front of you to trip you up, it won't look evil. It'll look enticing and sometimes even holy. You go back to when Satan was with Jesus in the desert and he was using scripture to try to trip Jesus up. This is why it's so important. Listen, I think I could say it this strongly. You will never find, never find the more that God created you for if you're not listening to him. And the best way that you can listen to God is by staying in his word. So our first step, our first step in the path to purpose is following Jesus, being committed followers of Jesus and listening to what he's teaching us in his word. And the next step that we take 
is being faithful. Now, I'm going to take us a little bit of a different direction with this one. And to do that, I want to get incredibly practical. Because right now, I think a lot of you feel stuck. Maybe you feel stuck in a job. Maybe you feel stuck in a relationship. Maybe you feel stuck in a marriage that you think is falling apart. Maybe you feel stuck in a situation that you, don't, you can't do anything about. And it could be several different things, but you feel stuck in the situation. It's like, man, I can't do anything about this. But maybe it's that situation that actually creates the sentiment in, within you that says, man, there's got to be more to life than this. This can't be what God created me for. And if you're not careful, listen to me, because this is huge. If you're not careful, that sentiment will actually cause you to take a step away from God's purpose, but you'll try to put it underneath the purposes of God. In other words, you may say, hey, well, God doesn't want me to be unhappy, and so he's okay if I walk away from this marriage. And God's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want anything to do with that. I've heard guys say, hey, man, because of what's not happening in the bedroom, God's going to be okay if I look at a little bit of porn here and there. I mean, at least I'm not cheating on my wife. God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want anything to do with that. Maybe for teenagers during this time where it's like, God knows things have changed. I mean, come on, are we really still going to be that old-fashioned? He knows that almost every single kid that I know, even the Christian kids, he knows that they do that too. I mean, if I just take a little bit, just, just take a little bit of a step in that direction, do you think God's really going to care? God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put my blessing on that. Do you know that if you go back and actually read in the Old Covenant and you'll remember one of the Ten Commandments that says, don't take the Lord's name in vain? Do you know that that never even meant taking uh, or saying God's name like GD or saying God in a way that was in vanity? Do you know that, that that's never what that particular commandment meant? To take the Lord's name in vain is to actually associate God's name to something that God would say, wait, 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 wait. I don't want anything to do with that. And so sometimes... Because of your situation, because of whatever it is that makes you feel stuck right now, you start to take a step, and maybe you really don't know it, but you're taking a step away from God's purpose for you. And you're even going as far as to put that step away from God's purposes underneath the umbrella of God, and you're taking the Lord's name in vain. If you potentially are even flirting with that today, can I, can I encourage you to step back in the direction of God. Once again, when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, he said this, he said, so whether you eat or drink, which is just two elementary examples, don't get too caught up in those particular examples, but he said, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In other words, when you're about to make that compromise, or maybe for you, it's just when you're about to take that step out of getting unstuck in whatever situation that you're in, would you at least ask yourself the question, does this glorify God? Because I think you're going to be able to answer that more concisely than sometimes you think. I think more often than not, you're going to be able to say, no, it doesn't. And I know if I make that concession, I know if I make that compromise, it's only going to lead me further away from the more that God created me for. When Jesus said, seek the kingdom above all else, he didn't give us any outs. He didn't say, as long as it works for you, as long as it keeps you happy, as long as it gives you what you want. Trace, if you want the more that God created you for, 
It will be on the other side of consistent, small acts of obedience, staying faithful even when it doesn't make sense to you because sometimes it may not make sense to you. I think Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived, summed it up really well in one of his Proverbs in chapter three when he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding because sometimes it's not gonna make sense. Like if you really wanna step towards the more that I created you for, sometimes it's not gonna make sense to you but you stay faithful. You exercise that little question of, is this gonna bring glory to God or is this going to make me step away from his purposes? Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do. In all you do. And if you do, listen for it. Can you see the process to purpose? Seek his will in all you do. Go back, sorry, sorry, sorry. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. There's a path. There's a process to purpose. And I really do believe that if we will commit to following Jesus, if we'll commit to taking up our own cross daily and denying ourselves, if we will get to know God by reading his word and we stay faithful, even in the small things, and let me be clear, you will screw up at it all the time. But keep taking, keep getting back up, keep stepping back up to the plate and keep swinging and keep going after what you know that God has for you. I believe you will begin to step into the more that God created you for. And I really do believe this, that it's immeasurably more than what you could ever think or imagine. And if we'll commit to that, those first two layers, I believe we will if you'll go back to the graphic. If you'll commit to this and you'll stay consistent in this and yes, you're gonna screw up and you keep getting back up and you keep going after it, I think God's going to bring more clarity to this unique purpose that he has put you on this earth to do. And I wanna be clear, I didn't say this in the last sermon and I should have, I don't think God has a specific purpose for you in which if you missed it, you've missed it all. They call that the dot purpose approach and I don't believe that. I believe there are broader purposes that God has for us, but I believe when we step in them and when we walk in them consistently, we will find unique purposes because God has given you all of you gifts and talents that can be used for his glory. And when you are consistent in this area, in these two areas, you're gonna start to walk in that sweet spot of purpose that I think is what Paul is getting at in Ephesians chapter two when he says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which I think is purpose, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. I really do believe that if we'll commit to this process, if we'll choose to follow Jesus, deny ourselves, consistently stay faithful in the small things, you will begin to walk in greater purpose. The more that God created you for. Now I'm gonna shift and I'm gonna close my sermon a little bit differently than I was planning on. And the reason I did this, I feel like God prompts me like this from time to time where I feel like I need to say a lot of what I've just said a little bit differently for specifically some people in this room that may have already disqualified themselves from ever being able to achieve this. Because some of you have done just that. Some of you maybe have enough screw-ups in your rearview mirror where you're like, man, that sounds great, but I've already wrecked my life way too much to ever to ever walk in this purpose that you're talking about, Aaron, to ever feel like that, that I'm experiencing this more that God created me for, it's too late for me. And if that's you, and maybe if that's you listening or watching online, I wanna challenge that 
because you should never give your past. My, my guess is really quick. My guess is that you have that you feel those sentiments. You feel that because of something in your past, but don't give your past that much power because it doesn't. Your past does not have the power to dictate your purpose. Can I say it again? Your past, whatever it looks like, does not have the power to dictate your purpose. And to illustrate that, I want to take you back to that night in jail. 19 years old. And I got a long rap sheet at this point. And at that point, I felt like it was too late for me. That I'd wrecked my life. I'd wrecked any opportunities for God to use me in bigger and greater ways. Because I already knew who God was. It wasn't a matter of that. But that night, I truly did choose to step in his direction. That night, I chose that I wanted something more that I only knew that God had to offer. And so I got out of jail and I began on a journey. I began a process. And I started reading God's word and I started listening to the word of God and I started consuming as much as I could and I started putting other godly men in my life because I didn't have that before this. And I started putting other godly men around me to speak into me and to call things out of me and to even challenge me and hold me accountable when necessary. And I began to be faithful in the small steps. Again, let me be clear, screwing up at it all the time, but I kept going. I kept getting back up. I kept stepping back up to the plate and swinging again. And I kept pursuing God and fast forward 15 years. And it was my very past where I had made so many stupid decisions that God took and he reshaped into purpose. And the way he did that was by giving me a passion for young men who didn't have strong, other strong godly men specifically in their lives to help guide them in the right direction. And so I find myself in Arizona and I live down the road from a school called Rite of Passage where they had about 300 high school boys that were literally sentenced there by a judge because they were making some pretty big mistakes in their life. And so the judge would sentence boys to go there. And when they were at the school, they had to stay there and they had to participate in a sport and uh, some type of trade that was part of the rehabilitation process. And so I went and I started getting more involved in this school and trying to be available for these boys to be for them what I did not have. And as I was there for a little while, they asked me if I would join the board. And I said, sure. So I joined the board. I was on the the school board. And then a little bit later, they asked me if I would be the chairman of the board. Now listen to me. If you knew anything about me and how unscholastic I really am, the fact that I was the chairman of a school board, like that is God's sense of humor, I promise. Because the last person that should have been the chairman of a school board is this guy right here. But here I am. Because of my past and all the crap that came with it, God took it reshaped it into purpose. And over the course of me being the chairman of that board, I suggested something. I said, hey, we've got a lot of land that we don't use. Have you guys ever considered allowing a church to build a church on that land and allow that church to be part of the rehabilitation process with these boys? Now, keep in mind, this is a government agency. It's not a private Christian agency. And after a few months and several conversations, they decided to do that. And I'm overjoyed to tell you today that not only is there a church right beside the main buildings where this school is, but that church has over 2,000 people that come to it. And dozens of young men that go to the Rite of Passage school have come to faith in Christ there. 
Let me be really clear. None of what I just said is, is to point to me. It's to point to Jesus. And it's to show you that no matter what is following you, no matter what is in your past, if you'll commit to following Jesus and if you'll be faithful, he'll take your past and he'll reshape it into purpose. So what's your excuse? What's keeping you today from stepping towards the more that God created you for? To at least beginning the process to greater purpose in your life. Because I believe all of us have a step to take. And when I say this, man, I sincerely mean it. If all of us were to take that step together, if all of us were to to start to build that foundation underneath us of consistently following Jesus and consistently being faithful and start to arrive at a clear image of what deeper, more meaningful purpose looks like for us. If we all did that together, listen to me, we will, and I'll say it as confident as this, we will do something great together. We will do something great together. I'm going to pray for us and then Daisha is going to come up and lead us through a time of response and I want you to think and I want you to wrestle with God and I want you to think through, God, what does that look like for me? And if I've been making any excuses up until today of why that's not available for me, God, would you clear the slate, clean canvas? And if you need to, start over. Let me pray. Father, one of the reasons why I love that you've given me the platform and position that you have is because I get to brag on you. God, I'm so thankful that I've got in a front row seat to see what you've done in and through my life, which gives me so much hope for everybody else. Knowing who I once was and knowing who you've created me to be is still a broken mess, but what you've been able to accomplish in and through my life is nothing short of a miracle in my mind. And so, God, I pray that you would show people that regardless of how their story reads up until today, regardless of how many times they've gotten this wrong, that they still have more, more that you created them for, immeasurably more than what we could ever think or imagine. Would you bring that reality? Would you bring that reality to the surface in each of our minds this morning? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.